So good to see all of you here today. We're so happy to be at Spirit Life, and uh, we were talking uh, to Jeff, and uh, <clears throat> I think it's been about six times we've come now, and you know, that uh, causes us to feel like family, and I think we felt like family just since the very first time we've ever come here, and uh, we're just so thankful. And, I want to thank you all. Uh, last year, we were all ready to come. We had the car loaded with everything from front to back, side to side, and we were ready to come, and um, we got a call that Julie's daughter had passed away. Kay's daughter. Yeah, Kay, Kay's daughter, Julie, <laughs> yeah, there I go, had passed away. And um, it, was a, it was a hard time because we were looking forward to our ministry trip. We've come uh, to North Dakota and almost all the way out to Montana for more than 30 years. And so uh, we, were, we felt sad about that, but we felt more sad about Julie. But um, I wanna thank you all. You all have been so wonderful to us. I mean, the cards, the financial gifts, the flowers, uh, the calls from uh, Pastor Jeff. I mean, we don't really know how to say thank you for all of that, but it's because we're family. And I, I just want you to know we love you. We're so uh, thankful that we're here. Let's just pray. Father, we love you today. Lord, we thank you that we are here together with our family. Father, we pray your blessings upon them. Father, we pray that we'll, we'll hear your word, Lord, today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Kay's going to come now. I think it should fit in right here, but when we were in prayer today, I saw all these sandbags in the, in the community that the spirit of religion had put sandbags to keep the, because God has a flood of his spirit coming. We see this in Ohio, and I, I saw it here this morning. You're going to have a, uh, there's going to come a flood of his spirit, a really revival, a major revival coming all across the, probably across the world. But, but you all are taking up those sandbags of religion wants to hold that back. So you know, every person that you touch, every prayer that you pray is working towards God's purpose for Alexandria, for the churches in Alexandria, for spirit life. So that I just wanted to share that. Amen. I want to um, tell you this is a little different preaching today because I want to tell you my story. And my story is about Jesus, my hope. Amen. Jesus, my hope. There's a song that we sing these days. It's called The Goodness of God. Do you know that song? I love that song. It says, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath, with every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God with every breath that I am able. I love this song, and it so uh, touched my heart 
during the times that we've just been through. But I thought, how good is that? With every breath that is within me. I've been in the ministry now for 40 years. 40 years of serving Jesus in this capacity. And so God is so good. With every breath, with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. In Psalm 619, it says, This we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. An anchor is only as secure as that which it's fastened to. Jesus is our stability. He is our foundation on which hope and trust are built. Our hope, then, is built on the promises of God. I think hope isn't simply wishing that something would happen, but hope is expecting God to do something. I think the pastor said it this morning, are you expecting? Because if you're expecting God to do something, he's just ready to do it. And so hope is expecting that he'll do it. Hope is the source of power for believers. When we lose hope, we lose the battle. And many of us have lost hope because of different circumstances and things that have happened in our life. But hope causes faith to go into action. I think everywhere we go today, we see people. I know we, as we travel around, we see people who feel that they're in hopeless situations. Things, a lot of things in our life look hopeless right now. And so they have become discouraged. And people wonder today, are things ever going to change? Are things ever going to be any different than they are right now? In Ephesians 6.18 in the Amplified, it says, Pray without ceasing. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all kinds of prayer. Keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints. I believe that this is the prayer of hope because this prayer never gives up. It says pray at all times, in every season, in the spirit, on every occasion. That pretty much covers it, doesn't it? I think it does. But as we do that, we see the prayer that never gives up. In Psalm 61, it says, Cry, hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Has your heart been overwhelmed? We've all had circumstances where our heart has been overwhelmed. It says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the shadow of your wings. In seemingly hopeless situations, we must learn to do what David did. We must turn our face toward God. We must cry out to him, not, not toward the world, 
not toward the problem that we're facing, but turn our face toward God. God is watching. He's watching when we turn our face toward him. He is there. He is waiting to reach out to help us. Psalm 27, 5 says, For in the day of trouble, for in the day of trouble he will hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent he will hide me. And he will set me high on a rock out of harm or danger. There is never a time in our lives when God is not aware of our needs. There is never a time in our life when God is not aware of the circumstances that we are facing. In Psalm 139, it says that we, ex we have to experience the goodness of God. Even as David did, he said, before I began to breathe, you knew me. Now think about that. Before we were even formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. That is overwhelming to me to think that. There's no place you can get away from the presence of God. God is our source of peace and our security. He's our confidence, our comforter, our rock, our fortress, our deliverer. And we must have hope inside us that no matter what happens in our lives, whether it's loneliness, rejection, anxiety, fear, persecution, temptation, God is our safe place. God is that place where we can run into him and be safe. He's our refuge, our shelter, our stronghold from the enemy. We all have areas at one time or another where we've lost hope. There can be a crisis in our marriage, with our children, with our families, with our finances, with our ministries, with our health. There can be church problems, and there can always be unanswered prayer. There is hope in hopeless situations because Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, taking our place, making intercession for us, and Jesus is our anchor in the storm. Amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Sometimes our hope grows dim. Sometimes we get discouraged in the trials and the tests and the hard places. Or maybe we get discouraged when someone, one of our friends wounds us or they disappoint us. And we pray, we trust, we wait. That word wait doesn't mean just sit down and do nothing. It means to expect. In those times of waiting, expect God to do something in your behalf. So when we're in that place, we have to wonder, has God forgotten us? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever wondered, has God forgotten you? You know, I think sometimes we pray, we trust, 
We fast, we believe, we stand, and nothing happens. And we wonder at times like that, where is God? Where is he? What, what's... But he's promised to never leave us or forsake us. He's promised that he would be our anchor in the storm. In Hebrews 62, uh, Psalm 62, it says, For God alone, for God alone my soul waits in silence. Now, I don't know about all of you, but I'm really an extrovert. And so silence is not a good place for me. I like to talk. I, I like to be in conversations. I like to, I, I think I'm a pretty good listener, at least some of the time. But in those times, it says, my soul waits in silence because from him comes my salvation. From him comes my deliverance. I think hope is the first step toward faith. And hope is the inward desire that something good is about to happen. Do you believe that today? I want to declare over all of you in Spirit Life Church, something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. You're waiting for a breakthrough. You're on the edge of that breakthrough. And I think you're doing all the right things. You know, I know you're praying. I know you're reaching out to your city. I know you're winning the lost. I know you're ministering to people. Those are all the right things to do. So I think that God has to bring the answer. God has to bring the breakthrough. So hope is an inward desire that something good is about to happen. And faith gives us the confidence to believe it. You know, sometimes... Uh, we don't have a lot of confidence. You know, sometimes you can have confidence and you're believing for something, you're trusting, but sometimes that confidence looks a little low <laughs> when you see what the situation that's ahead of you. Sometimes we have great faith in certain situations, and other times when we are in hard places, our faith feels weak. Why? Because our emotions cause us to lose hope. And what are our emotions? Our emotions, they're only our feelings. And how real is, how real is that? How, how real are our feelings? I think in those hard places, we have to hang on. In these times, God wants us to learn to trust him. No matter what we see, no matter what we feel, God wants us to put our hand in his big hand and not let go, but to hang on. Don't move off of God's promises, because no matter what the storm or the difficulty we find ourselves in, God always keeps his promises. The greater the impossibility, the greater the victory. The greater the impossibility, the greater the victory. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that come to pass. Sometimes impossible situations, and then all of a sudden, 
After a time of waiting, God brings the victory. In Romans 12, 12, I believe is a key. We have to rejoice in hope. Are you rejoicing today in the God of hope? Are you rejoicing in that hope that makes a difference? It says we rejoice in hope. We have to be patient in tribulation. Now, patience, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> patience, I just want it to happen. I just want things to happen suddenly. I just want God to do it. But it says, be patient in tribulation. Be patient in troubles, in hard places. And then it says, we must continue steadfastly in prayer. We have to pray without ceasing. We have to pray. We have to pray steadfast. We must learn to trust, which means to have the assurance of the character, the ability, the strength, the truth of someone in which confidence is placed. That's a relationship. God is calling us to a place of intimacy with him. He's calling us to that place of coming into his presence and beginning a, re a relationship with him. And as our relationship develops, I think the greater our faith comes because we've been in his presence. Jesus wants us to have that kind of relationship with him. When we learn to trust him, we'll have peace in every storm. In every storm, it doesn't matter. There is hope for difficult times. We need hope when we're in desperate situations. As we seek God's will and for his direction, we can find confidence that he hears us and he will answer our prayers as we develop a relationship with him. Sometimes we may not know his will. How many of you prayed and, and maybe uh, even sought God for his direction, even prayed about it, and you still didn't have an answer? It's in these times of waiting that he wants us to recall his promises. The promises of the past give us hope for the future. When Jeremiah cried out to God and complained, God brought new hope and encouragement to him. When he recalled the promises of God, in Lamentations chapter 3, it says, This I recall to my mind. This I recall to my mind. What do you recall to your mind? The promises of God. The goodness of God the faithfulness of God, the love of God. Those are the things you recall to your mind. He said, therefore, I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because the Lord's compassions fail not. It says they are new every morning. Hallelujah. Every morning we can get up. And God's mercy is new. Every morning we can get up. It's a new day. It's a new time. It's a new beginning. 
And every day we get up and his mercy is there with us. We say, great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah felt hopeless until he recalled the mercy of God. It was new every morning. Remember, the hope causes us to have joy even in the hard places. Do you have joy when it's hard? I think we do sometimes. Why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, we don't always have joy, but I think we have joy in these hard places. We have joy because of Jesus. We have joy because we have the hope that the mercy is new every morning, and we have faith in him. It says uh, in Proverbs, I mean, Romans 15, I got new glasses, and you can tell they're not working too good. Uh, Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, overflow in hope. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't abound in power. We don't abound in hope because of the circumstances change. Things might not change. They might not improve. But we abound or overflow in hope. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Ghost at work in us. Do you know the power of the Holy Ghost is working in you? Sometimes we don't even consider the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we, th we think, well, God baptized me. I can pray in tongues, and that's good. But there's a greater place to that. There's a greater place to the release of the power of the Holy Ghost at work in your life. Many today feel hopeless because, excuse me, they've been in hard places for a very long time. Some of you have been in hard places for a long time. Some of you have stood, you've trusted, you've believed, you've had faith, and you don't see things changing changing because you've been in a hard place for a very long time. In those places, we need to have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. The joy of the Lord. Not because things change, but because the word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Many today feel hopeless because they've been in hard places for a very long time. Hopelessness means to give up in disappointment, in complacency, or frustration. If today it feels hopeless, maybe in an area of your finances, God's promised to provide for us. If you've recently lost a loved one, he's promised he would send the comforter. God always keeps his word. If you feel overwhelmed by the burdens that you're carrying, he promises, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. No matter what's happening around us, 
We can have hope. Why? Because Jesus lives in our heart. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you need to ask him to come into your heart today. Today is your day. Today is a day he wants you to know that Jesus is alive and real in your heart. And he will give you joy in every circumstance. I think hopelessness is one of the worst feelings we can experience. Because where there's an absence of hope, there's despair. Where there's an absence of hope, there's despair. I just walked through the long, dark night of the soul. Do any of you know what that is? The long, dark night of the soul? You know, I've been saved for more than 50 years. I've been in the ministry more than 40 years. And I never walked through the long, dark night of the soul till eight months ago. Eight months ago, I got up one day and I was in the worst pain that I had ever been in. I mean, I can't even describe the pain. It was so awful. I had prayer at church. Many of my Aglow sisters prayed for me. They stood with me. I had pastors pray for me. I got anointed with oil. But it was a hard place. And even after all that prayer, and I thought I was a woman of faith, but even after all that prayer, it never seemed to get better. And how can you live with pain for that long? I thought all during that time, you know, my life really was over. I thought, I'm never going to be able to preach again. I'm never going to be able to stand in the pulpit and stand and pray for people and do all the things that uh, I think are part of our ministry. And I thought, God, why is this? Why is this? night so overwhelming in the darkness I had a knee replacement surgery and and you know I seemed to get a little better but I wasn't better I mean eight months to me was a long time I had to cancel all the meetings we had for last year all of them that's a lot of meetings and a, and a lot of things that were happening. And, you know, Kay took good care of me. Um, but at night, when she would go downstairs, we'd say goodnight, and she'd go downstairs, and the darkness, the darkness would be overwhelming. And the enemy tried to convince me that this long, dark night of the soul was never going to be over. You know, would Jesus ever come again? Would he ever touch me with his healing? I mean, we've prayed for healing for people. We've seen miracles happen. And God has been good. God has been good to us. But here I was in this long, dark night of the soul. And at the same time that all this was happening, 
Kay and Milt lost their youngest daughter, Julie. She was 58 years old. She had cancer, but it was unexpected. We thought she was getting better. It was unexpected when the call came that night. And we thought, why? Why did this happen like now at this time when all these other things are happening? But you know, she'd fought a good fight. She'd had cancer for 10 years. I think she was tired. I think she was tired, and we know that she was ready to go home to be with Jesus. So we had to keep praying. We had to keep trusting. We had to keep believing. And you know, one day, I got up. Every time I would get up in the night to go to the bathroom, I would thank the Lord that he'd healed me. I'd say, thank you, Jesus. I know you're healing my body. I know that you're touching me with your healing power. Oh, and you know, he was. He was touching me. He was healing me. Because one day, I got up, and I didn't have to take Tylenol arthritis for four times. <laughs> I didn't have to go to the doctor for that big shot that nearly killed you in your back. But one day I got up and I could walk. I didn't have to use my cane. I could walk. And I am so thankful that just like that, even though it was a long time, even though it was a hard eight months, during that time, God worked in my life. I know he did, because I don't think I ever had the compassion that I have now for people in pain. I mean, I really understand that pain. It says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 12, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. There have been many times in my life when my heart was sick. But many times, after many, many years, I have seen, me, seen him give me beauty for ashes. He gave me the oil of joy for mourning. He gave me the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And today, I'm healed. Amen. Today, I'm so thankful that we can be traveling again, be on the road again. You know, a lot of people said, when are you guys going to retire? I don't think ever. I think we're going to keep going as long as God opens the doors, like Pastor Jeff said, I've never called anybody for a meeting. For more than 40 years, people have always called and said, can I come? You know, God is good. I've never said I had to have so much money to come. God has always taken care of us. Sometimes I have a lot of money and sometimes I have a little money. It doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. What matters is that we're trying to be obedient to what God has called us to.
Maybe today you need beauty for ashes. Maybe you need God to give you the oil of joy for that garment of praise. Maybe you need him to release you from that spirit of heaviness. Usually hopelessness comes when we take our eyes off Jesus. When we look at the circumstances surrounding us or when we refuse, uh, we refuse to yield to God. We refuse to let go and let God be in charge of our life. We like to be in control. I like to be in control, and I hate to say that, because I hate control. It's, a, it's a, not a good spirit to have. I hate it. But you know what? When we let go, when we just let go, when we just surrender, we say, God, come. Touch me. Fill me. Use me. God, I yield to you. I surrender all. I surrender all. And so when we take our eyes off Jesus and we look at the circumstances around us and we refuse to yield to God's will for our lives, there are many times we refuse and we might say, why me? Why me? Why not you? I mean, I've thought of that. Here we were in the ministry. We were, I thought, being obedient. We were traveling. We were speaking. We were praying for thousands. Some years we had 200 meetings in one year. You know, we prayed for thousands of people during that time. But all of a sudden, I was in this hard place. So even in this place, we asked the Lord, we ask him for the peace that passes all understanding. And there is a trust that God is in control. You know, all the things you read on the news, all the things you see happening all around our country, you know, it's discouraging and it's hard. I mean, we don't even, Milt doesn't even get the newspaper anymore because of the things that in it are so terrible. But God is still in control. And God is still moving by his spirit. And the end has not come yet. But I believe the end is coming. It's sooner than we believe. And he's gonna appear and take us home. And so there's a trust that God is still in charge. God wants to give us his best. Jesus is the hope of the world. He brings hope not based on circumstances, but he brings hope based on eternal life. Do you pray for the lost? Are you concerned for the lost? Do you have a burden for the lost? I think these are things we need to examine our heart. Are you a soul winner? I mean, a lot of people out there need Jesus. 
a lot of people need someone to tell them. I think that in these last days, God will make a door of hope. God will make a door of hope, a hope that never loses its power, a hope that brings light into the darkness, a hope that brings salvation by the cross, a hope that brings peace in every storm, a hope that gives strength to the weary and courage to the faint-hearted, a God who has promised he will never leave us or forsake us, and that he will be with us. God has promised he will be with us even until the end of the age. Even until the end, God is going to be here. He's going to walk with us. He's going to pour out his love on us. He's going to cover us with his peace and his trust. I think even until the end of the age, even till that day he comes and he calls us home, he's going to be with us. Why? Because he makes everything beautiful in his time. Would you bow your heads?